Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Extra Point Podcast. My name is Todd Stiles, one of the pastors here at First Family Church. Today is Tuesday, January 31st. And on this episode of the Extra Point Podcast, we're going to take a little time to bring some extra insight, further application, and even deeper observation to the text and the topic from which we preached last Sunday. That is our usual and normal protocol here on the Extra Point, and we'll do that again today. Last Sunday, we wrapped up our series called The Matter of Church by looking at how relationships matter in the church. In our small groups, of course, this week we're looking at how that fleshes out in regards to our mission. Our mission is relational. It's vertically relational in that we're accomplishing God's purposes. It's His mission. It's also horizontally relational in that uh, we are reaching out to other people, uh, and we are ambassadors. We're pleading with people, be reconciled to God. That's the words. Those are the words that Paul used. And so this is a both vertical and horizontal um relational mission that we're on. And we talked about that both um, in the service, of course, and now in our small groups this week. I want to take a moment and address just the idea that, of course, we are sent. That was a word that we use Sunday. It's a word that we've used often around here. It's uh, the real uh, ambiance and kind of the thread within the Great Commission. And as we think about this idea of the Great Commission and, and God's mission, His purposes, um, and sending us, I want to ask this question, is the Great Commission strictly a verbal mandate that was given by Christ, or is there something more to it? And what I mean by that is, was it in play even before he stated it at the very end? Now, you can tell I'm expecting the answer to be yes, right? I'm kind of setting this up well. And there's a reason, because I'm very intrigued by a couple of chapters in the book of John in which we see that the Great Commission was actually visibly modeled by Christ before it was verbally mandated by Christ. Now, of course, this should be expected. It shouldn't surprise us. It's the heart of God to reach people from every nation, language, tribe, and tongue. This is God's eternal plan, His historical, redemptive plan. Um, and so this shouldn't surprise us, but often we think about it being said by Christ at the end of his ministry, after the resurrection, uh, before the ascension. And this is something we think he stated that he verbally commanded, and, and we want to fall under that and agree to it, no doubt. I mean, it's that's our mission. It's his mission, and we're participating in it for sure. But it's not just something he said at the end. It's something he lived throughout his ministry. And I want to show you just a couple of chapters where Christ visibly modeled the Great Commission even before he verbally mandated it. And it really is in the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapters 3 and 4. It's, it's an interesting set of encounters in which Jesus actually um, models for us the Great Commission, which in Acts... It flows like this, that you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That's kind of how he told those early disciples. This is how they would go about making disciples. This is how they would proclaim the gospel to, to uh, the whole creation. This is how they would preach repentance and forgiveness of sins. Those, those are the different ways the Great Commission is stated in Matthew, Mark, Luke, 
John says that he sent them. And of course, Acts says there'll be witnesses. And then he kind of gives this chronological order, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That's the verbal mandate. But he visibly modeled this in John 3 and 4. And notice, let me just kind of walk you through this briefly. In John chapter 3, he encounters Nicodemus, a Jew, and shares the gospel and asks uh, penetrating questions. And, of course, we can follow Nicodemus's life. He's mentioned three times in the Gospel of John. And in this final time, of course, it's clear he has come to faith in Christ and believes that Jesus is the Messiah from God, the only way to be reconciled to God. So Nicodemus is his first encounter in John 3. He's a Jew. John 3, towards the end, it says that Jesus and his disciples then went into the Judean countryside. So their next stop was Judea. After that, in John 4, they encounter a Samaritan woman who not only receives and trusts uh, the gospel, but she goes into town, tells all the folks, and they come out. And there's a harvest of people in John chapter 4 from Samaria. So are you seeing the progression here in the ministry of Jesus, even in his geography? It's Jerusalem with this Jew, um, uh, Nicodemus, and um, this uh, Jewish you know, ruler, this Pharisee. And then it's this Judean area, contacts and connections. And then it's the Samaritan woman. And then, as John 4 closes, he encounters a, an official, which we believe to be a Roman official. Uh, it's a non-Jewish official for sure. His son needs healing, and Jesus essentially heals the son uh, from a long distance and tells the man, go home, your son is healed. And I find those two chapters so intriguing because in them we see really Jesus modeling in his ministry and life what he will command his disciples to do later. He starts with the Jew, goes to the Judean countryside and encounters Judeans and then Samaritans and then those Gentiles, which kind of uh, symbolize for us the ends of the earth. So Jesus not only models this, he lived this out, he then tells the disciples to do what he actually did, to make disciples, beginning at Jerusalem, then Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And that is what Acts unfolds for us. It's the making of disciples, it's the sending of believers to um, recruit and win other believers, so to speak, by preaching the gospel, and then to establish churches in these areas so that Every nation, language, tribe, and tongue hears the message of the gospel and is given the opportunity to believe and trust in Christ. This is what is stated from the mouth of Christ, and this is what is lived through the life of Christ. And if you're like me, you, you, you no doubt um, really follow someone who not only says something, but shows something. And Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh did exactly this. He modeled for us what it looked like to be sent from um, the Jew first, also then to the Gentile or Greek. And then he gave that command verbally, and he is the one sending us on his mission to make disciples of all nations. And I trust, First Family, that you are uh, praying and longing and asking God to create in your heart um, an even greater passion for his mission, for every nation, language, tribe, and tongue to know of him 
and that you're willing to do whatever it is you can do to either be sent or send for the name and the glory of God.